Hey Composer Quest listeners, Charlie here with the announcement of Composer Quest Quest number 12. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I occasionally challenge you listeners to sharpen your composing skills by finishing a composing quest. This time, your challenge is to write music for flute with a little bit of a twist. For the details, let's go now to my talk with two talented flute teachers. I'm here with Bethany Ganella and Andrea Myers. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so uh, tell me about what you do with the Minnesota Suzuki Flute Teachers Association. Um, well, we started it recently to help kind of bring all the Suzuki flutes teachers together. Um, that way, you know, younger teachers can also be mentored by older teachers. Yeah, it's about building that spirit of collaboration, getting our studios together, which Andrea and I have been doing for three years, as long as we've known each other. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. So tell me a little bit about this challenge that composers will have. So one of the great things about Suzuki teachers is the way that they bring their students together to collaborate. And many teachers will even have group classes where everybody from the very beginners to the advanced students are there at the same time. So it's always a good challenge to think about finding a way to keep everybody engaged. So there's a lot of great pieces that some of our colleagues have organized, such as the head joint concerto, where the little ones just play sounds on their head joints. And then actually I'm thinking of um pa pa. The older students will play pa pa on their whole flute. So the little ones just have to go mm. Mm, pa, pa. <laughs> or sometimes they only more... have two notes with if they yeah, just if have the just head on joint. The head joint yeah <laughs> so and then there's some that feature very simple lines like hot cross buns and the older ones get to play flashy stuff and it's really inspiring for the younger ones to see the older ones and see where they'll be down the road and the older ones get to feel really flashy and like they're getting to guide the little ones so it's mm-hmm. a great atmosphere to build yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the challenge for these composers will be to write pieces that work for beginner, intermediate, and advanced right. at the same yep. time. Yes. yes. So, yeah. Tell me about like those different levels. How, what can those different level um, students play? Well, we wrote some thorough guidelines about even the certain notes that should be limited to. For example, like the song Hot Cross Buns is one that would be really easy for beginners. It only uses three notes. It stays within the same range. Um, Mm -hmm. We encourage composers even to consider having a line that only uses one note because then you can just rope somebody in on the same day and all you have to do is point at them and tell (laughs) them, play an A when I point. And then they get to participate in something that's great and sounds really musical. So... Do you want to talk about intermediate? Yeah, and once you get intermediate, they're starting to get more of a range, maybe like an octave or a little more than that. Um, And they're able now to do a little bit more complicated rhythms. So like the beginner lines, usually more quarter notes, like whole notes, half notes, you know, super basic. But once you go to intermediate, you can start doing like dotted, whatever, eighth notes, Maybe 16th notes if it stays within, like, a certain range. Like, if they go, like, G-A-B-A or something like that. But not 
big leaps within the 16th notes. Yeah. You could do the leaps when you for the advanced. So when you get into the advanced, then you can pretty much do like what an advanced high schooler, I yeah. would say, could do. I think um, for the intermediate line, we're thinking someone who's been playing for like a year or two, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, that's what I think. Yeah. And minimizing occidentals. I mean, it's okay to have a few, but we don't want like such a complicated line that it takes a really advanced student to read the middle one. Yeah. You can sure. Accidentals in the advanced part. That's fine. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yes. The advanced part can cover anything in the entire range of the flute. Not all students have a low B foot, so we will limit it to a low C, just below the staff by one ledger line. And it can go up to the C that's five ledger lines above the staff. And it can use trills, slurs, accidentals, double-tonguing, fast tempos, whatever you want. Cool. What is, for people who don't know, a what a double-tonguing sounds like? Um, instead of saying, you say, so, like, Cool. What are some examples of these arrangements that your colleagues have done? There's a lot, but one of our favorite composers is Noelle Perrin. She's done a lot of really exciting works. Every one of the Suzuki pieces that's in the beginning, she's written several different things that have different moods or characters and use really famous pieces, like the New World Symphony, for example. Yeah. So we would like to show you Mary and the New World. So this combines Mary Had a Little Lamb with New World Symphony by Dvorak. Oh, that's cool. Okay.
That was cool. Hey, thank you. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> um, so the guidelines that you wrote down are really good, and Thanks. people should check those out at composerquest.com slash quest12, which is where I'll post that. And do you have any tips or ideas on doing one of these compositions? That's um, one thing... We definitely encourage using familiar works because sometimes just taking the melody out of a great symphony or a great other classical composition can sort of open young ones' minds to hearing that. And the older students have something that's challenging to play, but then the younger ones, you can fit a really simple line in somehow, like Georges Bizet's Fireflies Dance the Ferrandol. So we'll show you two different parts of this arrangement that is again by Noel Perrin. Um, the first one, the students play Fireflies, which is the second piece in the Suzuki book. It's a Japanese children's folk song. And she puts Fireflies together with one of the melodies from the Lalezienne Suite Number no. 2. And then later, she takes another part of that suite, and the little ones only just play a simple A for an accompaniment. Cool. Yeah. So when your flute players are learning they just use the head joint Mm -hmm. um but what notes are those actually that they would get from a Um, head joint bethany will play it (laughs) you can either have the end open or closed so if it's open it's an a it's a little bit i forgot whether it's flat or sharp i wrote this in the guidelines i don't remember but (laughs) it's an a (laughs) and then you can also use harmonics to get a higher note or you can cover the end of the head joint and get these two notes. So that's... Yeah, and that's what the head joint concerto that was written, it's covered. Yeah. So they play the lower one, and then then they also play the higher one. So it's just head joint, and, and then piano, and that's it. So even oh, if yeah. they played for like... Have, or have two lessons, so they've been playing for two weeks at that point, they could still go and play a concert with the whole studio. So the first song they learn is Hot Cross Buns, starting on B, so it's B-A-G. So you can have a very beginner just playing Hot Cross Buns and then do the Hot Cross Buns fantasy. So the beginner line, all they do is Hot Cross Buns. They just play it like three or four times over and over and over again. And then the second line and the first line, so intermediate line and the advanced line, are just basically doing scales up and down. So it's a great scale exercise, which teachers love. The intermediate line just does the scales, but then the advanced line, they're also doing scales. They're doing it in the upper octave, so the third octave, Um, and they're also doing trills and and fancy things like that. There can be even nested parts, so you might, instead of just the two of us, have three or even four different parts playing 
stuff that fits together in the same chord structure, but it gets flashier and flashier the more advanced the student is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you recommend that the composers use the songs that the kids are learning already from Suzuki method, or can they do their own thing? Because it's always great to have new repertoire using those, and it's really easy for us as teachers to rope those students in because we say, oh, you've already played this piece, and it's not another new thing that they have to learn. But it's always fun to have new, different repertoire that's still really easy for them to learn. So we'll leave that open to composers. They can decide. We've put in the guidelines um, copies of the first three or so pages of the Suzuki book Mm. so that they can use those if they want to, but they could also just do a one-note harmony or a head joint piece or make up something else. Cool. I'm really excited for this. Me too. Really cool. (laughs) Yeah. So how long are you expecting these pieces to be? I would say three to five minutes, maybe. Yeah. Hot Cross Buns Fantasy is only about 90 seconds, and that's still a very much worthwhile piece. So shorter is okay, too. Um, But I would say no longer than four or five minutes. Yeah, because you want to keep in mind the attention of a seven-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or younger. Yeah, or younger. Tell me a little bit about the performances, I should say. Yeah, we have two or three performances lined up. Um, One of them, Andrea and I are collaborating to create a new scholarship program through Upper Midwest Flute Association. And to kick it off, we have this massive marathon flute concert at the Mall of America on Saturday, January 31st. Mm -hmm. And we would love for you guys to come hear it. Um, You can find details at www.umfaflutes.org. That's U M F A. Upper Midwest Flute Association, flutes.org. And on that, we plan to premiere these works. And then after that, UMFA is also having a flute choir showcase. And do you want to tell us about flute choirs? Yeah, so it's a big annual... Well, it's not super big. It's We keep it more low-key than our annual flute fest. But um, we have it every year in February. And it's just an opportunity for different groups to come together and play flute choir stuff so they'll also perform the composer quest pieces there and then we may also put another performance into our annual flute fest if we can find time (laughs) that one's on april 25th yeah and and lots of piccolo players because yeah it's official now isn't it yes sarah jackson from the la phil is going to be our official guest artist so we have an outliers theme this year about low flutes and high flutes Piccolos. Mm. Yeah, so it could be cool. cool to check out composers to see yep. the range the flute can be. Yeah. That uh, reminds me of another question that I know you cover in your guidelines, but if people write a part for alto flute or bass flute or piccolo, mm. how should they approach that? Those ones should be optional, meaning either there's it could be doubled by a regular C flute part, Or it could be a part that just adds some extra color, but it's not absolutely necessary because not all student flute choirs will have access to low flutes. So we want to create something that even if you could add some extra colors of having those low flutes, it doesn't depend on that. Cool. I'm excited for this. And yeah, I think composers will be too. Yeah. Uh, One last question that will be on their minds. Let's say we get swamped with submissions. How do you choose what ones 
What what will you be looking for, do you think? Um, I think one thing will be accessibility for the kids. Will they be able to understand it? So I would recommend if you're, when you're writing it, um, especially the beginner parts, imagine yourself when you were seven, eight, and what really caught your attention, and that will catch our students' attention. So we'll definitely look at that, and I'm probably going to show it to some of my students and be and just be like, what do you think about this? And if they go, oh, yeah, it's pretty great, then like I'll be like, oh, okay, cool, and keep it in mind. We'll also be looking to see how close the composer stayed within the guidelines, especially in terms of range, um, because if the beginner part is written too hard, it's we're not going to be able to successfully uh, use it because the kids would struggle with it. We want to set them up for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any other yeah. things in mind. Especially given that we're using the same crop of students for all of these. I mean, the simpler the better because... When somebody's new with the flute, you want to make sure that they have a good number of projects that they can do really, really well instead of having so many things that they just do poorly on each one. So we want those beginner lines especially to be something that's so approachable that a new beginner who suddenly has eight or nine pieces thrown at them thinks, no problem, these are all so simple, I can do it. Yeah, and also just... You can also not have the beginner play the whole time. That's true. So they can be playing, and then if there's something else going on, they can drop out for a little bit, and then they can rejoin. That's fine. All of the teachers, all we'll do is we'll just cut them off, and then when they come back in, we'll just point at, point at them, yeah. and they'll come in. So the beginner doesn't have to play the whole time, but try not to leave them out too much because they yeah. still need to participate. Sure. And you probably don't want to write something so rhythmically complex that they don't know exactly how they yeah. could come back in again. Yeah. 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 yeah, and those one-note harmonies could be really useful in that sense. I mean, another simple arrangement that we did was we had the older students play Joy to the World, and the little ones just played on a C. Dun, 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 And it sounded terrific. Cool. And they didn't even have to learn it ahead of time because they already knew the song cool is there anything else uh, we needed to bring up i guess the deadline oh yes yes november 17th yep just email me your piece a pdf and an audio file too if you can or midi um my email is charlie at composerquest.com so looking forward to those pieces from all you composers and Bethany and Andrea, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, looking forward to it. We and, too. Yeah. And if composers have questions, they can email me and I can yeah. send them your way. That yep. sounds great. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Good luck, composers. I'll leave you now with this music from our Minkino live film score quest in which Bethany had a great flute solo. It's Brady Hearn's score for the short film The Hunter. <laughs>